Hello everyone, and welcome to the Postmodern Art Podcast, the podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. I am your host, Nathan Raglan, and today we have an extra special episode. Today we have Alex Barari, Christina Rosado, and Sherry Rosado, the creative team behind Wildcard, an adult animated murder mystery series that was funded on Kickstarter successfully earlier this year. It was quite the conversation, ranging from how you should go about Kickstarters to following your passion to memes. Look, it was a long podcast. Don't tell me you're surprised. If you aren't already, go ahead and follow them all in the links below. If you're new here and enjoy the podcast, follow us on your choice of audio streaming platform or subscribe to us on YouTube and catch up on all the older episodes. Seriously, I highly recommend them in order to see all these different artists and all the passions that they have for what they're doing. Also, follow us on Twitter at PostModArtPod for future updates and guest announcements. And now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. Alright, before we get started, I must ask the icebreaker question to ask for every single podcast. So for Alex, Christina, and Cherry, what is your most unpopular art opinion? Oh, wow. That's right out of the gate, huh? <laughs> I'm, ho- um... <laughs> I'm hoping this is the hardest question so that every other question is, like, easy in comparison. So, um, Do you guys want to go first? I actually have, I need to take some time to think about that. I know mine. If that's cool, I can go first. Go for it. So I'm a big advocate for tracing. Okay. Okay. I think a lot of artists, when they're starting out, get, like, bullied away from, like, trying to trace or tracing other people's art i am against posting traced art okay because that's a problem like you shouldn't trace other people's art and post it as your own but i think tracing art can really like teach you a lot about what you're trying to learn from that artist that you like so much fair enough that's my thing (laughs) i was gonna say uh is there like a particular example that you could think of up top of your head or like i know like i know when you were discussing it i know what you mean by the whole entire like bullying thing straight up the fact that it's you know people are like well that's not original art it's like that's not the point i'm trying to help build up my art more than anything else right um i can't think of like specific examples of someone like receiving that kind of scorn but i know that some people are against tracing like 3d models for example okay like they think that's cheating or something and i think i think especially for comic work or for something that you have to do quickly or if you really want to learn how poses work in art and anatomy i think tracing could really like take you a step beyond much quicker than just like you know obviously you should observe as well you should do both you should trace and observe but I think tracing can like get you there in a different way, a little faster. You know. Okay. No, I I, <laughs> I I totally get where you're coming from on that one. All right. Uh, who's next? Do you have one? That was literally mine. Okay. I, I, that's like, I feel like that's also um, referencing tracing. I mean, a lot of animation work you'll look into is not people tracing per se, but they definitely work a lot smarter than harder. So okay. they're not uh looking to create an essentially like new piece of work or something extremely new if you don't have to if you can observe it in real life and if you can even like trace it and again not claim it as your own but use that as a tool to help you be a faster drawer then that's what people do that's how the professionals do it it's uh it's a tool that we've learned in school and i think it's super (laughs) important but it's definitely unpopular opinion because some people think it's cheating some people think it's um 
not a testament to your skill, which I think in and of itself is uh, incorrect because, you know what I mean? You hone your skills, you know? Yeah. It's right. not like you need a natural talent to know how to draw. You got to learn it. Right, right. No one's exactly born, you know, with the, the, the graces of God or whatever and you know, <laughs> drawing drawing the Mona Lisa right off the bat, you know, it takes time. Exactly. Alex, how about yourself? So I'm going to say um, a kind of unique, unpopular opinion. And this is actually something that um, Sherry and Christina um, helped to teach me, which is that um, not a lot of people think that writing is a form of art. Um, mm. And I believe that it is. And I think I would consider that an unpopular opinion just because not many people think about it in that way. It's very much just, um, you know, traditional forms of art. And it's something through working with, um, you know, these lovely folks that I, I learned is that like, I am an artist in a way because I create stories and I create words and characters. Um, and I, I hope people start to change their mindset about that because it really is a form of art when I actually took the time to have these conversations with the team and they, they kind of convinced me of that. I was like, oh yeah, I am kind of an artist, huh? Like, um, so I, I definitely hope people kind of take that perspective and um, kind of think about it really because there's so many different forms, not just even writing, there's a million different um, kind of realms of creation and creative processes that can be considered art. And I hope um, it becomes less of an unpopular opinion. And I hope a lot of people realize that there, there's so many different forms of expression and so many different ways you can tell a story. Um, and it's not always visual, you know, sometimes it's typing or writing text out and creating characters. Oh no, absolutely. I was going to say as a, as a former filmmaker myself, um, I I certainly give all the, the, the credit to the world to writers and such because it's one of those, like, you know, a, any one of us can, like, make a picture or, you know, draw something. In, but, like, if you're, like, creating a story behind it, you're creating the artwork for the other person to sort of envision in their head as a writer, which, you know, animators can do what they as they please, I guess, and make that from a visual in the mind to a visual on screen. So, I mean, I... You know, I know I said unpopular, but I agree with you on that aspect. So, but you know, tracing and writing as an art form—is that a hill you guys are willing to die on? Yeah, I am. I am at least. I am as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, if that's the case. I can't think of a better way to start the postmodern art podcast. Welcome, everyone. Uh, I am your host, Nathan Raglan. Uh, feel free to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on whatever streaming platform you prefer to listen to your podcast. Also follow us on Twitter at PostModArtPod for feature updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> they are a part of the creative team behind Wildcard, an animated adult murder mystery series that is successfully funded on Kickstarter back in July. Welcome to the podcast, animators from Astro Bun Studios, Christina and Sherry, and creator of the show, Alex. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Happy Thank to you. be here. I hope I did that intro justice. <laughs> um, you did. You did. Definitely. Good. Thank you. Thank you. But before we really get started with the series or whatnot, I wanted to I wanted to get a different kind of origin story. So I wanted to know the origin stories of you guys as artists. What made you guys interested in art and animation and writing? Uh, yeah, I can go first. Um, so I, I've always been interested in writing. I think since I was a kid, I just, I, I would, I had a really interesting childhood that I won't get into because we'll be here for like five hours, but. Um, I mean, we have I, the time, but. Like, yeah. <laughs> we'll touch upon it. We'll touch upon it. Okay. Um, so 
I just like I, I had really interesting and unique experiences growing up, and I always wanted to find a way to represent that. And I, I did actually start with art. I was like, "Am I an artist? Like, can can I draw?" And I quickly learned that I I can't. Like, I I took classes and everything. Like, I even in college I took a couple of courses that I just I, I don't have the the skill um, skill set for it. But um, I thought about it, and I was like, uh, maybe I'll try writing. When I was a kid, I just I would write stories. I would draw pictures of things that I, I saw and experienced. Um, and my parents just kind of encouraged it in me. They were like, you should you should actually try to write a story. Like, try to see how far you can get. Can you write an entire book? And I, I would, like, fill up journals. I still have them, like, probably 50 to 60 journals just full of writing different stories and different experiences. Um, and then when I got to high school, I started to take it a little bit more seriously. So I would take like creative writing courses with my friends and we'd compare and contrast notes about our stories and our characters. It was very fan fictiony at the beginning. I think a lot of my writing at the start was inspired by things that I liked. Like I was a big, um, fan of the video game kingdom hearts in high school. Okay. And so I would, I would write these stories that were like very clearly just like a rip off of that. It was like almost the exact same thing but it was like original character do not steal alex bravi um like a recolor of, of sora or one of the other characters um but then as like i got more feedback from these classes and from my um peers i i started to develop my writing style a little bit more and i was like okay maybe i can create something that's uniquely from me and not just kind of a, a copy of something i really like or, or an experience i had maybe i can create something brand new um, so in college is when I really dove deep into the writing process. I was a creative writing minor. So I took a lot of, um, you know, uh, college level courses about writing and writing theory and all, all these kind of things related to it. And I got direct feedback from, um, you know, professors who were studying creative writing for years. That was their profession from students who were, uh, creative writing majors. So they had maybe a little bit more experience than me. And then um, when I graduated, I just it became a hobby for me, and it became something that I, I just really enjoyed doing. And I would make a point based every week so I could keep it. Um, and that's what the writing wildcard was. Um, you know, I had a couple of ideas bouncing here and there before that, but nothing really stuck with me until um, it was. I think it was 2016, um, like right at the end of the year. Um, I was like, I, I just want to write something. Like I, I've had these, I like the character ideas were with me from the start. Like I de started developing Jack's character, like probably in like 2011. And then it took me until 2016 to actually write like, okay, like what, who is he? What, what's he about? Like, it's like, is he a student? Like, what is he doing? And so I actually sat down in 2016 and wrote out all these character descriptions Um many of which have changed at this point, but Jack, Jack has pretty much did the same. Um, and then I just, I created a story for them. I, I thought about what was important to me at that time. And I was thinking about the justice system. Like I was always interested in law and mystery and um, murder mystery specifically. And I was like, okay, how can I write a story about this and implement these characters that I already have developed in a way that makes sense. Um, and from there, I mean, I, I haven't stopped working actively on the show since 2016 every i've written a whole season already it's, and i'm just kind of yeah. going back and editing everything so I'm, it's the same as it was in high school i'm just writing every day it's it's tiring definitely <laughs> to manage it um while also managing a, a, a show um and having to go back and edit all on my own but 
Um, I, I'm I'm learning that I can ask for help now. I, I actually we brought on an editor for the show very recently, who's a, an old friend of mine, who's a creative writing major. Um, she actually went to graduate school for creative writing, so she's like a super pro. Um, but yeah, it's it's something I've always enjoyed. Like I said, I've always also enjoyed art. I was not good at traditional art as much as I try, but I have a, some old Deviant Art uh, out uh, Deviant Art account from like 2007 out there somewhere we can find it i don't know it's probably terrible i never i think i put like one thing on there and i was like this is embarrassing but i, I almost don't want to go back and look at it it's probably awful <laughs> two things one i'll be sure to link in the description no, i'm joking i'm joking um <laughs> second like goodness i think he answered like five of my questions alone goodness oh sorry <laughs> you're fine. no you're perfectly fine but before you get a little bit too dragged away with wild cards let's get back to christina and sherry how did you guys get interested in art and animation yourselves uh, so I can go first. Okay. Um, I'm glad Alex mentioned the Kingdom Hearts thing because it took me back to when I was a kid and I totally also had like my own original character, Do Not Steal, that was a complete <laughs> ripoff from Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> so that just made me laugh on the inside. Oh my gosh. Uh, I tell the story to a lot of people, but uh, I'm bilingual. So my okay. uh, mother tongue is Spanish. I grew up with cartoons so much and so closely that I learned English from watching SpongeBob. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, like, my childhood, like a lot of people, was basically watching cartoons and being exposed to, like, Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. So I think, I, I really think that from that stemmed, like, my beginning and being fascinated with animation. Okay. I wasn't super sure that I wanted to be an animator, like, up until high school, like, senior year is when I decided I wanted to do art. But my parents were more, like, leaning into the whole, maybe you should be an architect or, <laughs> you know, art doesn't always have that much money in it. Maybe you should try graphic design or something like that. So at the very least in high school, I chilled out and I was like, I'm not going to college to do something like be a doctor, but I'm going to do something that I like, which is to draw. So I did, like, two years of graphic design and then I realized I hated it. <laughs> because it was all just like doing logos and stuff. Yeah. And eventually someone convinced me to try my hand at animation because I would be presenting in class cartoons. Like someone would ask me to draw a logo and I would draw them like an animated thing, you know, like, or, or a cartoon or something that had like a face on it. You know, it was always very animated for me. So eventually I took the step and came to the United States and studied animation here. Uh, and that's pretty much been uh, what I've been doing for my whole life. I also really am into comic making, which I go. think is like that step both prior to animation because animation is a lot. <laughs> so comic making lets me tell a story without having to sit down and redraw the same frames over and over. Uh, and I think that's pretty much my story in a tiny nutshell. <laughs> okay. Next. <laughs> <laughs> So for me, my story is a little different, but I was also, I think every artist always has that cringe face, DeviantArt, <laughs> my OC, do not steal, original <laughs> character. My introduction to loving cartoons actually came from anime. Okay. So my first anime was Kirorogunso, Um and it was mind-blowing for me because I'd never seen cartoons like that, and it was interesting and fun, and four frames a second, it all just felt like... A different world and I wanted to be in it and so I did I made characters for it and I drew all you know what I mean I traced the art 
I, I don't do that anymore, but I traced it and I learned how to draw through um, like anime stills and manga stills and things like that. Um, and that developed into a passion for just drawing in general, for creating my own stories through characters and through environments that I would paint. And so whenever I was ready to make that big decision and it's time for me to go to college, I was like, mom, dad, I want to be an I want to be an artist and my parents are Pakistani immigrants they're uh I'm a first generation kid and so they were like that doesn't sound like doctor that doesn't sound like engineer so no <laughs> so I spent my first three like two and a half yeah two and a half years in a uh, pre-med I studied okay. public health with a minor in biology and I did not like it I kept my grades up but it was not something I liked doing so I started building a portfolio on the side and eventually that led me into getting into college for animation. I told my parents like, hey, I got into this school, I got a scholarship, I'm bouncing. And <laughs> I have not regretted that decision ever since. Good, you great. should not regret that decision. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. There we go. Um, the, you guys also went ahead and answered my second question, which was when was the moment for you when it went from just being an interest to a career? And I guess that's just more or less just as you guys built it more and getting away from sort of the, the, the past, you know, what expectations of you guys, which is incredible on its own. I must applaud each and every one of you for that. Um, so how about we just go ahead and jump into the show? Uh, Alex, you kind of already touched on it a little bit, but how exactly did the concept for Wildcard come to be? Yeah, so as I said, I, I've had these ideas for characters bouncing around for a long time, but I didn't have anywhere for them to go, really. They were just ideas in my head. I didn't have a, a story that connected them really um so the concept of the two characters of jack barter and nolan vice were always kind of in my mind from the start i always knew i wanted this dynamic between this really smarmy smug uh dude and this really like nervous anxious lawyer and they have this like really like i know we haven't really shown a whole lot from the show yet but they have this really great dynamic where they're such good foil characters for each other because they're such complete opposites, but they kind of balance each other out in that way. So um, I, I always wanted to represent those two characters specifically in some form. And I knew Nolan was going to be a lawyer because I was always really interested in law. Um, again, another big uh, video game I was into in high school was the Ace Attorney series. Uh, I love that series so much. And I, I would play it like religiously throughout. I started to I started to do the Kingdom Hearts thing again where I was like I could do I could make a story that's just like this and then I as I started to develop it more I was like I need to take this more seriously like I can't just rip off like the same exact story I need to make this my own like I can be inspired by it but I need to make something that's unique and interesting um so that's I would say around the time when I, I started to develop the, the the kind of legal world a wild card where I was thinking um okay we see murder mysteries a lot from the perspective of like crime scene investigators we see from like police maybe um we don't really often see it from the world of law or at least in that lens um ace attorney is really the only example i can think of where you see a murder mystery or you're investigating from the perspective of the law and a lawyer mm -hmm. so i was thinking okay that's a unique concept right there um how do i make it even more unique how do i make a story that stands on its own and is interesting and engaging to people and i start to think um this was in i think 2016 because just as everyone knows like that was not to get too political but that was a, kind of a, a rough 
end of the year um, for for a lot of people. And I think that's kind of what spurred me to think more um, concretely about the law and the impact in America's legal system specifically and how it you know, has an, a certain impact on certain populations um, and how it's it could definitely be improved upon. And that that's where the concept was born of, I was like, okay, so I'm interested in the law. There's this weird sort of upheaval in America right now. I am thinking about America's legal system, how it can be improved. And then I just kind of connected the dots from there. And I was like, okay, this makes sense now. Now we're starting to get like an actual story going. Um, and I thought about it and I was like, okay, so let's say that this version of um you know america in wildcard is like a different version of america where like these these issues with the legal system don't exist like there was some sort of change like some bill got signed where the entire um legal system has changed to make it better to get rid of all these issues but then there's sort of this underlying um sense of like okay now is everything really good now is everything fixed like are there is there still issues with the system like are there new issues that came out from kind of this um redesign of america's legal system and i was like this is a really interesting topic like i started to like do a deep dive into like legal research and just kind of i did like weeks and weeks of research on it and it just it's such a cool concept um so i think that's when i started and i started to just kind of grow it out more and more i thought about you know okay what other kind of key professions would be interesting in a story like this so we have lawyers but what about like investigators what about judges what about what if there are schools where like they specifically focus on law and teaching law-based professions like is that part of the legal reform and then um i started to come up with characters like i came up with the character of um scarlet who's the chief of investigators because i was like okay so let's say that there's like this one person who kind of was the driving force behind this legal reform in America. We need like a, a, a person who actually took the action to make that happen. And, and to me, it made sense to make her, you know, the chief of this, the squad of investigators of people who are enforcing this new um, form of uh, law. That, that made the most sense to me. And then from there, I just kind of thought more and more. I was like, okay, maybe she has like a couple of investigators who work under her. Maybe there's like this prosecutor who's like, almost like a rival to Nolan um, and maybe they have like a complicated history and that's where Lucy came from. And then from there it just kind of grew and grew. I started to think of more and more ways to flesh out the world. And I think it wasn't until last year. So 2019 when wildcard actually like was birthed into the world and people could actually see the characters and get um, a description of like what the show was about. And I think between 2016 and 2019, those that three year period is when I just spent, all of my time like developing the world because i said all right if i'm really self-conscious about this concept because it means a lot to me mm -hmm. so when i put this out into the world i need to make sure that like i've taken enough time to develop it so that i have a almost complete product that's ready to go for pre-production right away um so I, I just spent three years just going through all of my scripts all my character descriptions looking for plot holes looking for anything that didn't make sense, ways to improve it, ways that I could just kind of polish it and make it ready to be seen by people. Um, and it wasn't an easy process. I would literally just pour over my scripts like day and night, nitpicking every last detail, making sure, because I knew I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to take this a little bit more seriously. Like this is actually might be some uh, project that I'm ready to share with people. Um, 
and so I was like, I, I need to make this as perfect as it can be because people outside of my friends and family actually might see this and I need to make sure it actually looks good. Um, so from there, I mean, uh, it just, it just kind of happened. Like I, I started to do research into character designers on Instagram and I, I found a really great one and then just kind of took off from there. Um, Sorry, I, I know I keep giving super long answers. I'm just I'm so no, 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 no. about this I, project. That, that's what I was going to say. Like, you're perfectly fine. I could see, like, just the, the passion and compassion you have for this project. And it's amazing. It's incredible to, to have all this, like, built-up enthusiasm that's years in the making finally starting to really come to fruition. Um, I just want to ask from, like, other people's perspective on this one. Uh, Christina and Sherry, how did you guys become aware of the project? And when were you guys, like, on board with Alex to help bring this vision to life? Um, so both me and Christina went to the same college, um, and that's how actually we met and we ended up working on similar projects together in teams. One of our, uh, classmates, uh, her name is Erin, Erin Maloney. You should check out her work. It's incredible. But she was, uh, talking to us about, Hey, so I'm working on this or no, she was actually asking us what's a fair, like, you know, commission rate for turnarounds. <laughs> There's this like really cool, like show that someone wants me to do turnarounds for. And so we were like well, you know, let's see it, let's investigate it. And uh, mm -hmm. we kind of looked into the show when it was just starting and there were very few posts and we we're like, ooh, this looks good. And uh, this person seems nice. So yeah, here's like how much you should charge and uh, good luck. And when she was done, we were so enamored by the designs and she talked about how nice the client was and how cool the concept was. So we kind of started following the show a little bit. And once Alex started doing a call for animators and for designers and stuff, we just... Uh, I know Christina reached out first. Yeah. Uh, I jumped right in. Yeah. <laughs> you were excited immediately. And for me, I kind of followed through right after that when he was looking for merchandise designers. And we haven't left the team since. Good. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly a good thing. So, in fact, that you guys are, like, now up there with really, like, driving forward with this thing, seeing all sorts of the, the concepts online with Twitter. Like not too long ago, these guys posted a work in progress of the intro, which looks absolutely amazing and stylish, by the way, I applaud you for that. Um, you. <laughs> um, it's so, it looks so good. Oh, it I really can't does. wait. Oh, I can't wait for, uh, I know we've already been discussing this uh, a good bit of time, but for people on the outside that for some reason don't know about the show beforehand, how would you describe the show? I would say it's at its at less like an elevator pitch. It's um, a show that's centered around the law. So it's it's about a version of America where, um, you know, America's legal system has been completely overhauled, completely changed. You know, there was uh, activism and, you know, driving forces to make this change in America. And now there's like complete emphasis placed on law in America. So, um, you know, there's legal universities that are specifically focused on adhering to this new legal system and producing more competent lawyers, more competent judges, more competent investigators, people who are following this very strict legal reform in America. Um, and so where the story really takes place is at one of those legal universities with Jack Barter, who is, um, he, it's difficult because I, I like to say that there's no main character, but he really, he's like the face of the series. He's almost like the mascot. So we'll just call him the main character. So he's, he's the main character. Um, so he's studying at one of these universities and, um, you know, he's really frustrated. Like, so this is where we kind of get into maybe the, the bad side of the legal reform. So it's very, it's so rigid that he's getting really frustrated in school and he's saying, 
you know, I, I, why do I have to follow all these rules? Like I'm already smart enough. I'm already capable enough just by virtue of being me. I can handle this on my own. I don't need school. Um, so, you know, he, he ends up stealing, um, case files for cold cases because he's like, all right, if I'm, I have to follow these rules, I'm going to just do it my own way. And he, he thinks that he can go out and solve, you know, these unsolved murders. And, um, he actually ends up getting kind of pulled into one of them in the very first episode. Um, and from there, it's like, he's kind of just thrust into the world of law directly. It's like, he kind of bit off more than he could chew in a way where he said, you know, yeah, I can do this. I'm ready. And then now he's like, he's actually in it. And he's like, Oh, oh wow. I'm actually in a, in a murder trial. And I have to de defend somebody. Um, so from there, it just kind of grows. And there's, there's a lot of emphasis on different characters. Like we mentioned Nolan Weiss, who, who's a lawyer um, who gets partnered with Jack very early on. And they had this really fun sort of dynamic. So the, the rest of the show is really just sort of about exploring this new legal system. Um, and every episode focuses on sort of a different mystery, a different um, crime to solve. So there's a lot of, um, you know, it's a, it's a murder mystery at its core. So there's in almost every episode, there's there's a different like kind of whodunit moment where it's like, okay, who like who is the person who killed this person who's the person who stole this or who's like the the mystery behind this like like evil force or something you know there's a there's a um you learn about pretty early on a, a group called poison which is like this sort of mysterious group of um like shady sort of criminals who are doing all these like like illegal things like quote unquote um so there, there's a mystery there so it's really just um at its core, uh, a murder mystery series that has a really big element of comedy. It's we. I never take the show too too seriously. Like there's there's a lot of you know definitely emotional moments and character driven moments, but it's fun. It's really funny. Like goofy characters. Like there's goofy one liners. Like almost everything that comes out of Jack's mouth is absolutely ridiculous. So um, I would put it really in in the category of something like BoJack Horseman, where it's okay. it hits those sort of emotional notes, and there's there's elements of mystery and elements of, um, you know, these, these deep character interactions, but at the same time, it's, it's not straight drama. There, there's, there's these big elements of comedy and just like goofiness. Like it's, it's a cartoon, like it's an, it's an animated cartoon. Like it's, there's going to be like goofy fun moments. It's, it's not going to be just straight murder all the time. <laughs> and even when it is like nine times out of 10, if there's like a dead body on the floor Jack is going to crack some joke about it anyway. So. I do want to say for an elevator pitch, that was quite a long elevator ride. Where are we on MSA building? Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. No, but uh, all right. That that's again. That it, it's it's incredible. It's I I could go on and just I I can go on and, and just you know compliment like a million different ways on how this series is incredible. But I don't think I alone can like do justice with how good this show like already looks. Even though we have next to nothing online just yet. Um, which leads me to kind of sort of my next point It's when was it for you kind of this little like fun little concept for a show? When did it go from that to screw it? We need to get this online and we need to find a way to make this a reality. Like when was it decided to like go for the funding and actually like with Kickstarter and like make it a reality? So I, I have to give credit where credit is due. Um, my boyfriend is actually the one who, who really pushed me okay. towards actually taking concrete steps for it. Um, cause you like, you know, if you, if you're dating with someone, they're going to hear all about all the, all the crazy stuff you're doing in your spare time. So I would tell him like, I'd send him the scripts to read. 
I'd like tell him all of these ideas I had from like plot twists and characters and stuff. Um, and he was like, you just like contact a designer, like just even if you don't do anything with it, just get these characters like on paper so you can see what they look like. Um, so like I mentioned before, you know, I was just searching on Instagram um, for art accounts of character designers to see if I could find one that would sort of match the style that I was looking for that I had in my head. And almost immediately, like I, I found the perfect person. Um, her name, her name is Jackie Juchko, who's she's a character designer. I think she actually now works for Netflix. Oh, cool. Um, and I, I went to her profile and I saw these like amazing character designs that looked exactly how I wanted my style to look. Um, and she even has like a lot of short animated videos that she's worked on, and they, they were just so fluid and so good. And I was like, yes, like if I had a show, like this is what I want my show to look like. But um, I looked at her follower account and I saw that she was over a hundred thousand people were following her. And I was like, there's no way she's going to respond to me. Like I'm just wasting my time even asking. Um, but I did it. I, I actually did end up messaging her and she responded almost right away. And she was like, yeah, totally. Like I I'd definitely would be down to design some characters for you. So at the beginning, um, she really only signed on to do Jack and Nolan. And I mm -hmm. think, um, I mean, at least I'm hoping she she liked the concept of the show so much that she was willing to do more. So she d developed um, the entire main cast of characters designs. Um, and from there, I mean, I, I, I was like, OK, so I, I have artwork for like four or five different characters now. What am I going to do with this besides sharing it with like my friends and family? Like, is it just for my enjoyment or like am I actually going to make something out of this? So I was like, OK, I, I can launch uh social media i'll launch an instagram and a twitter maybe um and see where it goes maybe if i post this with some art hashtags and instagram like i'll get a couple followers out of it and maybe people will encourage me to keep doing this so i really just wanted to kind of feel things out first to see if there's any interest there i wanted to see if people were drawn in or captivated by these character designs if people wanted to know more about them if people were um captivated by the concept of the show um, if it was something people thought was a good idea, did they think it's a bad idea? Um, so that was the point. Um, and that was last year and almost a year ago. It was actually October of 2019. Exactly. Okay. That's over a year ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just so from there, I was just, I, I posted it uh, almost immediately. I got a response. Like I started seeing people liking the posts. Like I, I, it just kind of blew up overnight. It was really weird. I don't know if I just used the right hashtags or something, <laughs> but um, it somehow gained traction like really quickly. And I started to see like my follower accounts started to grow. Um, people were like interacting with the posts and like commenting on on them. Like I got a, at first I got, a, I'm going to admit like, some really inappropriate comments because for whatever reason, like people are weirdly like thirsty for Jack. Like I get it. He's, a, he's an attractive guy. <laughs> But he's also a cartoon. <laughs> um, I was going to say, this is the internet, for God's sakes. Have you heard of Rule 34 alone? I yeah. mean. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I got engagement right off the bat, and I, I felt so lucky for that, and I was really excited by it. So that level of engagement that I got, like, I, I had people messaging me being like, in the first week, being like, oh, can I do fan art of Jack? And I was like, yes, please. Like, absolutely. Like, I would love that. Um, and just the amount of encouragement and excitement um, so early on is kind of what made me say, okay, this is, I have something here. Like, this is something that could be a project of mine that people are, are interested in engaged in. Um, this is worth my time. This is worth my money. So, um, I mean, 
I had been saving money up until that point anyway, just on the off chance that I, I finally did something with my health card. So I had enough money in my savings where I could devote to creating a plan for it. So, you know, I got more characters developed. I got backgrounds developed. Um, I spent a bunch of money on marketing and advertisements of the show to good. kind of grow the Instagram out even more. And within a year, like I think even less than a year, it was probably at like the, the 10 month mark because it was right before the Kickstarter, we hit 10,000 followers on Instagram. And I was like, oh my God, like this is crazy. How did I like, I mean, I, I, I'm, I do marketing as my profession, but even that's like unheard of. Like it's crazy the amount in that fast of, of a time period to get that many followers. Um, that's like a thousand followers a month, which is really hard to do on Instagram, especially with the, the way that the algorithm works. But um, I digress. That that's kind of when it happened, and, and when I saw that people like liked these characters and were captivated by the character designs, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm doing this. Like I have the script. I'm gonna work on it i'm gonna edit it i'm i'm gonna continue to post content and i just i created a content schedule i said okay like this is what i'm gonna post this week this is these are the characters people seem to be really interested in i'm gonna create more content of them to get engagement and then i sat down and i was like okay what would it take to actually make an episode of this what would it take to create a full episode where you can see the characters interact with each other um, so I did a little bit of research. I came up with a budget, and then that's where the, the Kickstarter kind of um, came into play. And, and that's a whole other story, so I won't go into it immediately. But um, right. that's that's the long and short of it. Is um, I for, I guess I just got lucky somehow, and people were really interested in the show right away, and that in turn made me interested in wanting to pursue it, um, you know, full time and as an, an actual project. I, I do want to say I. I when it comes to like, you know, marketing and how, like how it's definitely interested. I, I want to say personally, it might just be the fact that, you know, adult animation is looked at a different light these days. You know, people are like sort of clamoring for that a little bit more, especially when you have, you know, all the adult series on like Netflix and such. And you have like stuff, say like has been hotel and, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, like the online animation scene is definitely a lot stronger than it has been ever before. So, I mean, it may just be a situation of right time, right place for you guys to really get this going. So, I mean, you know, once again, applaud you guys for getting where you are now. Um, <laughs> so again, you, you developed this incredible audience and such, um, like even before you decided to go with the Kickstarter again, when did you decide, you know, screw it. Let's just get a Kickstarter. Let's get this thing going. Let's really like kick it to full gear. I think it was like um, probably three or four months after kind of launching the, the social media accounts. Um, and then it connected with people like Astrobun um, and, you know, as they mentioned, like Aaron and, and Jackie and all these other artists and animators, I began to realize I was like, okay, I, I have a full-time job that, I make a decent amount of money that I, I can pay for these commissions out of pocket, but there is no way in hell I can produce a, a full episode of a series. Like it's it, the cost is just, it's too much for a single person to pay on their own. It's literally impossible unless you, you know, you're a millionaire or you have a gigantic trust fund or something right. um, or a sponsor <laughs> or something like that, or the support of a network, which I have none of those things. Um, so I, I had to think realistically about it and I had to say, if I want to make it happen, 
I need money. I, I need some way to fund this. That's not me draining my savings account um, of every absolutely everything I have, um, and or and not being able to pay my bills. Um, so it was at that point where I was like, I, I'm invested in this. I'm passionate about it. I want to see this through to the end, but I need money. So I did some research, and Kickstarter seemed like the best option at the time because I, you know, it, it just when you think of crowdfunding, like that's the number one platform that you think of like they just have a reputation for that mm-hmm. um i would soon learn that it's it's really not the best place to gain funding for an animated series i will right. say that right off the bat it's it's really like they fo- focus a lot on products and actual things you can hold and touch um and, and it's very clear when you when you look at like their website and um, the, the projects that do get funding, get, get like way overfunded, like a thousand percent funding yeah, over their okay. funding. I was going to say, yeah. I know opening up the app alone, I always get like, you know, projects you may like always being like these card games or like these comic books for things that I've never heard about before. I'm like, okay, where's the thing I was looking for? <laughs> yeah. And it, it's like, there, there doesn't really exist a place for, um, indie animated series to get funding specifically for that. I mean, Indiegogo is, is better. Um, I, I actually kind of had wish I had gone with Indiegogo if I'm being honest with you. Uh, but Kickstarter's not bad. I, I mean, we hit the funding goal. It just, it took a lot to get there. Right. Um, but um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be a hundred percent transparency. It was a need for money, which is why we started the Kickstarter because um, you can have all the passion in the world. You can have all of the, all of your, ducks in a row everything ready to go for a series but if you don't have that financial piece it's just that's the way it is uh, I, I wish it wasn't like that but it is like animation is super expensive you have to be able to pay your animators a fair wage otherwise it's your reputation will go straight down the toilet in the, the art and animation community immediately if you're known as that guy who's not paying your animators or yeah. you're not paying them well enough um and it's just like it's common courtesy like you it's a job like you are hiring these people to do a job for you you need to be able to pay them fairly um and animation is extremely time consuming um and it's even more time consuming than i thought because i i i knew it was time consuming before starting this project before but when i was actually witnessing the amount of um time and effort that goes into the animation process through working with astro bun directly it's there's so much like there's it's down to the day um of very specific things that you have to do it's hours and hours of work um and that that takes money um and a lot of it actually even for a short pilot of like 10 to 15 minutes that you're looking at like minimum probably 30k um and that's that's on the low side of things actually um so I, i would say my encouragement and I don't mean to sound like a downer to anyone who's considering doing this themselves, but my encouragement to you would be really just focus on building out your base. Like you need to know that you're going to have a base of supporters who will help provide the funding you need um, or make connections with a network or someone who, who can provide that financial backing for you because without it, I hate to say it, but the project will most likely fall flat because you're not going to be able to produce content anymore People are going to be expecting a product from you that you're not going to be able to produce because you don't have the money for it. Um, so my advice, and I've given this advice to a couple of um, indie showrunners who have reached out to me after the success of the Kickstarter. My advice is don't rush it. Take a year or two years or three years even to build out a fan base of people 
who are passionate about your project, who want to see it come to life, and then launch the Kickstarter. Because at that point, you'll know, okay, I have, you know, 10,000, 15,000 followers now of people who are liking my posts and are interested in what I have to offer. I know uh, that if I launch a fundraiser, they're going to support it. Otherwise, it's like Kickstarter gives you this completely unrealistic expectation of what to expect with these these products that make like $500,000. I see so many people think that they can just post uh you know, a product on Kickstarter and they'll make that much money. You will not make that much money unless you have the support of like a huge marketing team or, you know, you, you have a product that is truly unique and people really want. It's very, very rare, especially for an animated series to make that much money. I have never seen one like crack, like probably a hundred K. Um, and if they have, they, they probably have some sort of crazy sponsorship or support because it's just so difficult. And I, I, want to encourage any indie showrunners to just take your time. Like there's no rush. As long as your passion for the project doesn't fade, it's not just going to go away. Like you just take the time to develop it, take the time to really dedicate it, dedicate yourself to it and grow in a fan base of people, you know, who support you. You cannot make a realistic amount of money right out the gate. Like wildcard is very much an outlier in that. And I want to make that clear to people is that we got lucky. I, I study marketing. I like I know how it works. I somehow was lucky enough to get a really large group of passionate supporters in less than a year. That is not the case for most people. You need to be willing to devote a lot of time to it because it's just I, I don't want people to get their hopes up and be like, yeah, like this project made this much money. I can do it too. And it's like you can do it. You just you need to do it in the right way. You can't expect to get that right out the gate. It just it's not and it's actually going to be detrimental to your project in the long run because you're going to probably waste money on merchandise for your kickstarter um and all your time promoting it on social media when just the base just isn't there yet like that that is the key is that you need to have a, a passionate group of people who are gonna not only support your project but spread the word about it that's that's half of this process is getting people to spread the word um, that's why these Kickstarters succeed is because they have these huge networks of people, most likely professional marketers who can get the word out about this for them. And that's why they make so much money. Not because they just put a project on Kickstarter and it just blew up. It just went viral for no reason at all. It, there's, there's a science behind it. Um, and I hope anyone who's considering creating a show or creating a Kickstarter just knows you need to be patient. And I promise you the, the payoff is going to be worth it. If you, you take your time with it. Um, and if like you have a smaller budget for your project, go for it. Like go ahead and start a Kickstarter. If you only need to raise a couple thousand dollars, that's totally realistic. But if you're looking at like a full series pilot, you're going to need anywhere from like 35 to 50 K minimum, which is a lot. And it's a lot to ask of people to give that much money to you. Um, so I just want people to know that it's not as easy as it looks. And it's, it was definitely not as easy as it seemed for, for wildcard to hit that goal. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. That was like, I had days where I, I panicked cause I thought I wasn't going to make enough money and I had to like restructure my entire marketing plan and be like, okay, I need to post about this now. Like I need to create a new piece of merchandise to get people involved. I need to create a new video to get people involved. Um, there, there was a lot going on that people didn't see. Um, and people, I think people just kind of saw like, oh, look, they hit their goal. Like, that's great. Uh, and you don't really consider like how much time and effort goes into the process. And I want 
people to know that it, it's you need to be able to devote yourself to it. You need to be able to take the time to completely devote to it. Otherwise, you're probably, unfortunately, not going to get the results that you're looking for. And that has been the financial report with Alex. Up next is sports. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, the, the, those are very, uh, those are words that definitely, that people definitely need to take to heart because it's not like anyone can just go out there, create something, and you're going to get an instant following. Like, it's something that has to be developed over time because, you know, it, to quote the ever so, like, obviously quoted phrase, Rome wasn't built in a day. So, you know especially for something like this that's going to take time, money, and several people involved, you know, take the time that you need to create the product that you want to create um, and make sure that you can, it can be financially done. So, uh, right. exactly. There you go. Well, speaking of like the people support, I mean, obviously you got Astrobun helping out immensely with it. Uh, for you guys, correct me if I'm wrong. This is like your guys' first like major project, uh, project as Astrobun, correct? Uh, yeah, I would say so. We are also currently working on another project alongside this one. Okay. Uh, on a music video. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, but this would be like our first project, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, sure. how, how big, uh, or how big is this project mainly for you guys as a studio? So, big how? What do you mean? Like, like how how important how vital is it for you guys like just starting out oh yeah it's it's pretty important yeah. um just because like alex said there's a lot of excitement and um a lot of attention on the show mm -hmm. um and it's a story that you know we've been told a little bit about it that we personally like and we believe in so for us this is a very exciting project and i count like you know my grace is every day. You know, a lot of animators have a really tough time breaking into the industry. We have a lot of tough times finding, you know, work that we want to work on because animation's fun, but it's not as fun if the project you're on is not something you believe in. It's not something yeah. you're excited about. So to be able to work on with Alex on such a like unique story with, um, you know what I mean? His respect for animators and being able to like be given, you know, the trust of his story to bring to life it's uh it's definitely very lucky and we like like he says he's lucky we feel very lucky to have like crossed paths and be able to oh, work yeah. on this project because this is a a golden opportunity especially for a studio that we started like a month ago or two months ago <laughs> and we were like let's just do it let's let's get a team together let's name the studio and let's let's take this project on let's do it like they're definitely new to it but we're excited for sure well that's good that excitement is always you know inc is always encouraging more or less uh what exactly are your guys's role on the show itself if i may ask well for myself i started as a character designer like for any extras that alex hadn't designed yet okay uh, and for specifically for the the intro that we're working on currently i was the storyboarder and I also work as a compositor and animator. Ooh, so I okay. have like a jack of all trades. I kind of like dip my fingers in all the pies I can find. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And I'm on my side, <laughs> yeah, that was a very good pie. <laughs> <laughs> for, for me, I was a storyboard revisionist. So before we had even taken on the intro, uh, Christina was hired as a freelancer for storyboarding it, so we weren't even sure if we were going to work on it. Yeah. So I just helped her revise it to make sure it was very optimal yeah. for animation. And then once we took the project, I uh, animation direct. So I do a lot of directing, making sure the animations look good, 
making sure the characterization is portrayed correctly. And um, I'm also a layout artist, producer, uh, producer <laughs> and uh, I do a lot of like color boards and pre-production. So uh, we're both a little bit of a jack of all trades. And then we have two other people working on the intro in our studio that are just animators. So I, I say I mainly just oversee and make sure that their animations look good and they're um, correctly portraying the character. All right. Um, well, for you guys, you know, on I wouldn't say on the – well, kind of on the outside, but, like, to see kind of the, you know, the Kickstarter, like, growing to the point to where it raised over $40,000, um, how, how – how exciting was it for you guys to see kind of this support yet at the same time, how stressful is it for you guys now to know, okay, now we have to deliver. I would, uh, I don't know about Alex's side, but for us, for sure, we were very excited mm -hmm. because we were, um, kind of there before the Kickstarter had started and then we were following along and it's cool to follow the animation community and follow people, um, who love animation and adore mm -hmm. it and want to support it and who want to also support indie creators and new story ideas. I'm always one of those people that's always on Kickstarters and on people's pages looking for the new thing, you know, like what are people thinking of, you know, we had a year in quarantine. There's probably ideas now that are being, you know, portrayed and out there. So it was really exciting to see that people wanted the show to be made. And then once it was funded, we were like, whew, <laughs> let's do it <laughs> i don't know if we were much nervous as it was just like all right that's it it's time to make this happen and uh get the drawing pencils out let's do it i'm very we're both i think very like oriented into like we are plus we we do have experience prior like and not not exactly working as a studio together or hiring other people to work right. with us but we have made films before you know mm -hmm. so we were at least with the intro, we were very confident that we were going to be able to do it. It's much smaller scale than things that we've done before. Plus, I boarded it, so I was like, I know I can do this. <laughs> I know me too, and I can do this. Sorry, Terry, can do this. Uh, so once it was funded, we just felt pretty confident that it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, there we go. I mean, it, it happened and then some. Alex, I'll ask you the same question. How relieved were you to, to hit the goal and then succeed it, but at the same time, how much of a stress is it there now to be like, okay, I've promised this stuff. Now I got to deliver. Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm very much like, I'm a perfectionist at my core. Um, mm -hmm. So I like my, I have maybe, maybe like 12 hours of enjoyment before like the dread <laughs> immediately set in. <laughs> Cause that's just the way I operate. Like I'm always thinking about like, okay, like I could have done this better. Like I need to focus on this now. Um, but no, I, I'm, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm 100% appreciative. Like, I was so thrilled that we did reach the funding goal and that, like, so many people came out in support of it and we got, like, like really large donations from these people. And I was like, yeah. that's crazy that people want to put this much money towards my project. Like, it was so nice. And so I'm so grateful. Um, but I, I did have the panic set in, like, probably the next day where I was like, oh, wow, I actually have to create a show now. Um and that's not to say I wasn't prepared for it. It was more just ha knowing like the next year to two years of my life is going to be this, like just in it every day, all the time, like focusing, like I'm going to have to eat, like breathe and sleep wild card, like all the time now, which is, it's great. Like I love it so much and it's, it's so encouraging to see people who are so on board with it. Um, but you know, I, I have a full-time job, um, 
you know, I, I have a, a lot of other stuff going on in my personal life. So just coming to terms with the fact that like this needs to take precedence over everything in my life basically now. Um, and then COVID happened and I was like, okay, this isn't that bad now. I'm stuck inside <laughs> anyway. I can't really do anything with my life. So this is good. Um, and I also, also kind of maybe attribute some of our success to that as, as bad as, you know, COVID is uh, obviously, but it's like people are stuck inside now on their phones all the time and on the computer. Like I'm probably getting way more exposure than I would have in a pre COVID world. Um, but the, the big piece of, uh, kind of, Oh shit. Oh, sorry. Can I swear? Is that I, okay? I don't give a fuck. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so when I had to say, like, when I sat down, I was like the, the big piece of like, wow, I have to deliver this is all the merchandise. Or I had to sit down and like sort through everything and be like, okay, I have to send this to this, this, because I, I was not prepared at all for that. And I had, I had had multiple conversations with Sherry where I was like, you do this for a living. Please help me. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and just having to kind of set up this like print shop from, from my apartment um, and package out everything and sort out all the, the deliverables. Um, that was stressful and that was kind of my oh shit moment, but that's all done now. So I don't have to worry about it. Well, it's mostly done. We still got some clothing that has to go out and some plushies, but um, I digress. But uh, yeah, in terms of the actual animation, like for me now, I've transitioned just into straight excitement. Now that I'm seeing the work that Astro Bun is doing on the intro and I can see the results of like all this work and all this time and all this excitement. Um, and I have something to show for it now that that's making me so excited for what's to come. Um, and I'm so appreciative that they're being so diligent with it and taking such care with it. Um, I like in previous projects that I've worked on, I, I have never had this level of involvement and care with it. And I think I appreciate that so much. And it, it makes me feel ready for what's, what's coming after this. Cause this really is, this is the, the baby, the baby project before the actual project. Um, and I say baby when this is like three, three and a half straight months of work for these people. So it's, it's not really baby, but in comparison to what, what's coming after this, which is the, the full pilot, um, it's, it's a little bit more manageable, but um, it, it's exciting. I'm, I'm in full excitement right now. I'm sure I'll dip back into dread at some point, but <laughs> for right we'll now, we got you. Thank you. <laughs> that dread will come uh, sometime later. For now, enjoy it. Revel in the excitement. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, you should definitely be excited, and people should definitely be excited just from like the little looks that we've seen alone. Like I've said before, this show looks absolutely gorgeous. What exactly was the inspiration for you for this kind of sleek, stylish look that you have going for the show? So it was actually, it was the character designs that you see and um, that are going to be represented in the intro were all based on um, that artist, that character designer, Jackie Juco style, mm -hmm. which is this really unique, um, you can see like the almost, it's not like cell shaded, but it's like almost like a scribble sort of outline on the mm -hmm. characters, which is really unique and cool. Um, and that's something, you know, I, I wanted to experiment with in the intro. So that's why you see it in the intro is... You know, we talked it over and I was like, I, I'd like to see what this looks like in motion. Like, is this something that we could try because the intro is going to be really stylistic? I think in the actual pilot, it's the lines are going to be much more like standard lines. They're, they're going to be like filled lines um, and the characters are probably going to look slightly different. But um, yeah, that, that style, like she she just has such a unique style. Um, her 
short video, uh, which is called Bang Bang, which is on YouTube, and I definitely <gasps> recommend giving it a watch. I know it's so good. I know exactly you what animated show you're talking. I've seen it. Yeah. It's oh so my good. goodness. Yeah, I can't believe Jackie. that was her. Oh that's my goodness. Awesome. <laughs> yep. So she, she's the character designer. She was our lead character designer for a while. Okay. Um, so it, that style is almost like I, I think. We literally, like, when I was emailing with her, I, I said, can you make it look like you're short? And she's like, yeah, I use the same sort of template that I used. And I, I, it's like, I guess the wild card characters are like a, in a canon part of the Bang Bang universe or vice versa now. <laughs> um, but it's so cool. Like, it's such a sleek, interesting style. And I want to bring it back to what you were saying before where with adult animation. Mm-hmm. You don't get that. Like, you, you get, like, the family guy style and, like, the Bob's Burgers style and like the Bojack style, which is fine. Like it's good. It's like, I love Bob's Burgers and Bojack, but it's not like it. This is a perfect mix for me of like cartoony classic with that more adult feel like the proportions aren't as exaggerated as a traditional kids cartoon, but it still maintains this like bright and engaging style that people just like, like it's, it's so unique. Like with the, the outlines, like I said, like just the the designs of the clothing are really cool. Like all the characters' faces, like they're expressive. Like they just they're so expressive. Like and there's so much room for emotion with these characters. And it's just you look at them like you. Jack doesn't even need to talk. You can just look at him and you're like, yeah, I know what his personality is. He's that smug, cocky asshole. Like it's just that that level of detail that you can have just from like a, a still illustration, like a model. It's like incredible to me that she was able to achieve that. Um, and it's just, they're, they're so unique and so interesting. And the colors that she used for some of these outfits are just like incredible. Um, yeah, I, I just love it. Like, and, and I'm so happy that that's kind of the style that we landed on, at least for, for, you know, the intro and the concept art. Like I said, that we may see a slight shift when the pilot comes out because we're talking about using a, a different form of animation for the right. pilot, um, which would, utilize a, a different model um and slightly different art style for these characters but um you know the clothing would stay the same the expressions would stay the same all that stuff would stay the same um i just love it like i think she's so talented i wish she wasn't working for netflix right now because i'd love to like keep her on as like <laughs> a, almost like a character consultant to continuously like help develop characters for the series but um i got more than i, I wanted with her so I, i'm super appreciative for all the all the effort she put into the character designs mm-hmm. i wonder where she got like most of her inspiration from because i don't know about you guys but for me whenever i saw like the style and such i don't know if it was just the teaser trailer alone i got like an instant like mid 90s like point and click adventure like the the monkey skull island or like any of the double fine like full throttle thing i don't know why that's what my mind first went to um oh yeah i can see i can definitely see that I mean, it looks absolutely amazing. And, like, you got the, the amazing design. And you've already started up with, like, casting and such casting such amazing people as I have a short list here. Um, Chi-Chi, uh, Caden Jensen, Tom Schalk, Elsie Lovelock, Brendan. I'm going to probably butch up this blad name. Blabber? Is that a blaber? Is that? I think it's blaber. blaber. I think he just goes by Jello. So Jello. Anyways, Jello, Jello who's voicing the, the lead. Uh, how important was it for you, to ha- for you guys to have, like, this impressive voice cast going with these characters as well so it's really funny like i the first round of casting for these for the main characters mm-hmm. um so everyone excluding jack was casted almost a year ago at this point and 
at that stage, the show was so small. It was just me sort of handling casting decisions. And I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> People would send me, like, I, I would say, I, like when the word started to get out that I was looking for voice actors, people would just send me their um, demo reels and I'd listen to them and I would say, okay, this, this person, I like this person's style. I'm going to send them a script to read for like Chai or Rachel or one of the other main characters. Um, and then I just picked the people who sounded the best. Like I, I did, had no concept of like, this person was in Hasbin Hotel or this person <laughs> um, has like, three million followers on YouTube. Like I had no idea about that. Um, I just casted purely based on like who was the best fit for the role. Um, but then when um, I actually like transitioned into doing more professional casting, like I brought on a casting director who's, who was really amazing. We started getting like these fairly high profile people coming to audition for the show. Like all the people that you mentioned, plus more, um, it was really difficult to make decisions because we got so many talented people and I'm never one to cast purely based on like popularity or like right. how many followers this person has or anything like that. But the fact that like we were getting like we were getting people who I knew of from my childhood who who did voices and cartoons that I watched as a kid. And I was like, really? this person yeah. wants to be in my show. What the <laughs> hell is happening right now? How is this real? Um, circle. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And like. Like I'm a I'm a huge Pokemon fan, and I know these two are as well. And we like we have some people who have voice acted in the Pokemon anime, like in really like major roles. And it's crazy to me to think that like they're also voice acting on my show. And it's it's funny because one of the characters that Christina designed is now voiced by like Leon from Pokemon, who is like oh. one of one of the biggest characters like in the new series. And it's like yeah. oh my God, I can't believe that like these people are like voice acting on my show and it, it's like a show that I watch and like, I appreciate. Um, so it's crazy. Like the, the fact that the region, like I think this last round of casting, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with um, another indie show called Epithet Erased, which is created by Jello. Who voices oh Jack. yeah. 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 So like this last round of casting, I think like half of the cast from that show auditioned and they were all so good and they all ended up getting roles. So it's like, now go. I have like all these people from Epithet Erased and then a bunch of people from Hasbin Hotel. So it's like these three sort of adult um, indie shows coming together and like all these people, all the voice actors know each other already. Like there's, they're like, Oh my God, like I haven't worked with you in so long, like talking in the discord. And it's so like, it's so funny and cute to me almost that like, there's all these connections from people who in the voice acting world. And I think the voice acting community is so unique. Um, and another fun story was I actually, um, I got contacted by someone who I, I think I met him when I was in college, maybe like freshman or sophomore year. He was like a friend of a friend. Um, haven't seen him in like 10 years. Probably he messaged me and he was like, Hey, I'm a voice actor now. And I saw your show and I was like, is this that, are you like the same Alex that like, I met like all those years ago at school and I was like, yeah, that's me. So like just the, the amount of connections that I've been made through the show, um, through voice acting has been really incredible. Um, and just the, the level of, um, interest in the show from the voice acting community, from people who are doing really high profile things is crazy to me. Like I never would have expected someone like, you know, Jello would have auditioned and, um, he just like he nailed it right away. Like it was so hard for me to cast Jack because he he's such a personal character for me because he's based on a, a lot of 
you know, me and my life experiences, mm-hmm. but he, he nailed it right away. And the, the fact that like, he is, he's pretty high profile. Like he's, he's very well known in, on, in the internet community and on YouTube. The fact that he even auditioned for this project to me at the time was crazy. I was like, you have your own indie animated show. And now you want to voice act on my indie animated show. Are you sure? Like I had that moment of self doubt where I was like, are you guys sure that you want to voice act on my show? Like, it's not that cool. But now I'm like, yeah, it is kind of cool. Yeah. Like uh, these people are right to want to voice act on my show. My show is awesome. <laughs> um yeah so it's it's crazy it's crazy the amount of interest that's gotten i'm really satisfied with our our current voice crew and i honestly wish i could cast everyone because there's so many talented people so many talented people who are relatively unknown um and kind of deserve that shot so that that's also something i i am keeping in mind now is that um you know it, it's never a concern of mine if this person is famous or not. It's just kind of an extra boost for me to know like someone high profile wants to be involved in my project. But um, almost all of the main cast are, are people who, um, you know, in that first round of casting who um, are relatively lower profile or, um, you know, ha- haven't kind of broken into the industry yet. And I, I like that. Like, I like the fact that this show is giving an opportunity to people who, um, are who haven't been granted some of these other uh, the other opportunities that some of these other higher profile voice actors have gotten and i hope you know that the show does open more doors for people and that as it gets more popular and gains more recognition that these voice actors are afforded um more opportunities because they deserve they're also talented like the whole cast is so talented and they they honestly deserve the best like i want to see all of these people voice acting in pokemon one day that would be awesome (laughs) i was gonna say uh christina and sherry for you two how surreal is it to see kind of the voice acting cast you guys got and thinking to yourselves we're making the characters these guys are voicing like how surreal is it for you guys oh um for me, I was super ecstatic because I've been watching specifically like Twilight Wings. So when I saw voice actors that I had recognized oh, yeah. and they also started following me on Twitter, I was like, ah, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's super surreal and it's really wonderful because I have such a um, respect for vocal talent and voice acting and it's not something I ever could do, but I really wish I could. Um, it's like the part two, you make the characters come to life through your drawings and through, you know what I mean? Motion and, uh, your understanding of human motion, but voice actors have to do that with their voice. They have to now complement that, you know, it's just as equally important. If you have bad voice acting, then everything you worked on, every drawing you did to convey an emotion will just fall flat. Uh, likewise, if a very good, like voice actor is given something that does not look good or does not emote the way they're supposed to, it it'll fall flat. So it's really, it was really cool to see the, like the people um, that I looked up to people that I've been watching and I like hearing their voices and I, they voice characters that I grew up watching and I continue to watch today uh, or just in a discord server talking about, Hey, I'm voicing this character. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm animating that character, (laughs) you know, for new animators and for someone new in the scene, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, personally, I also really admire voice actors. I've been wanting to get into voice acting myself and people have been telling me that I should try it. So I've always have like this admiration and I look up to a lot of the art, uh, voice actors that are on the team currently. And I'm just excited to finally get to animating those like 
uh, that script once it once we get to that part, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes it more real. It does. It does make it yeah. seem more real, and it makes it concrete. Like, oh my gosh, we're doing this. <laughs> no, no, I I can only imagine kind of the the shoes you guys are, you know, the seats you guys are in just kind of watching all this stuff unfold. I have to ask this early on in the process, what's been like the most difficult uh, part for you guys uh, when it comes to developing this series or developing this pilot, just for all three of you. Hmm. you Do you want to go first, Alex? Yeah, I'll say nailing down um, the specifics of the script was a challenge because the pilot as it was originally written was a 30 minute pilot. Um, but given the budget constraints of the project, I had to cut it down to 15. Mm-hmm. So really kind of shifting my focus and saying, okay, what do I need to prioritize with this pilot? This is the first opportunity that, and, and maybe for a while, the only opportunity that people are going to have to see these characters interact with each other and have introductions. Um, so I had to kind of reframe that. As the pilot was originally written, you didn't even see half of the main characters. Um, it was just focused on on jack and nolan um and like a little bit of rachel and lucy um so i had to kind of restructure it to say okay this might be my only shot at this for a while because i think what has been they launched the pilot and it took a year almost for them to get picked up by a network um and they they didn't produce another episode in that time which is understandable due to budget constraints and all of that and just the sheer amount of time and effort it puts into producing a an episode but um I had to reframe it and say, okay, I need to give everyone like their, their moment. Like I need to, these people, there's people out there who like love these characters and want to see them in the episode. I need to kind of restructure it in a way that is organic and makes sense with the story that I've written while at the same time, um, giving people their moment. Like Chai was never meant to be in the pilot. Like as it was written, she was supposed to show up maybe four or five episodes. And actually she was one of those later season characters who was supposed to show up later and then i mean the response to her in particular has been huge like people seem to really love her so i was like screw it like she's going in the pilot (laughs) and people want to see her i'm gonna give the people what they want um and I, i was able to do it in a way that made sense so um that's been the biggest challenge for me is restructuring the the time that i that the actual length of the pilot is and restructuring some of those story elements that maybe won't fit into the to, uh, 15 or yeah, 15 minute format. Um, so I really have to prioritize like the scene absolutely has to be in the pilot. This scene, maybe we can do a, like a storyboarded deleted scene or we could make it a comic or something like that. Um, and just know for a fact, like this, this is the message that we're going to get across with the pilot. Um, and it's been actually really a fun experience, like to restructure it in that way. And I actually, I like this version of the pilot better than the way I had it originally written. I think this one flows better. It's more interesting. It's more engaging. More is happening in the story. Uh, the original version of the pilot was very much just like point A to point B, whereas this is like point A to like, and then off of point B, we go to like point B A or like B B two or B one or whatever structure that you want to use. But it, it's more interesting. It's more engaging. You get to see more of the characters. There's more of that mystery, and then it also ends on a not spoilers. Um, it ends on a cliffhanger, which is nice because no. that gets people <laughs> ready to go and people wanting more immediately. 
Um, and that, I mean, that's not too much of a spoiler because I'd say probably 95% of episodes on the show ended cliffhangers because it's just one of those shows. Like, it's a mystery show. It makes you want to watch the next one right away. Um, but that's been the biggest challenge for me in a nutshell is just restructuring things. But I'm really satisfied with the end product. And I have a great editor who's kind of helped me tighten up the script even more and fill in any of those those holes that might have been caused by that transition. All right. Well, but for the animation side, Astro Bun, what's been sort of the most difficult point, difficult part this so, point? Uh, yeah, I would say for difficult parts, we've actually been doing pretty okay, okay. Uh, relatively, like as a team. Granted, uh, some uh, some stuff has been like somewhat difficult. <laughs> I would say uh, translating like Jackie's uh, character design into animation can be a little tricky because it's in that sketchy style that Alex wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, and we agreed upon it. Like we said that we can do it and we definitely can. And, you know, we're, we're making it happen as it is. But making and coloring things in a sketchy style can be a little difficult because filling those colors in uh, isn't always like really ideal. The reason why a lot of like TV animation has filled in vectored lines is because it's much easier to clean up, for right, example. Right. But granted, since it's a short film essentially that we're doing for the introduction, uh, we, you know, we took the L. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even an L. <laughs> we made it that was super easy and yeah. it wasn't uh, it wasn't the most difficult at all. No. It just it's only like an inconvenience at some points when yeah. we're trying to draw, but uh, as you like, could see by some of the previews, it obviously does. Hopefully, doesn't look like that. No, of course uh, not. We're making it. We're making sure it looks good, <laughs> for sure. But uh, I would say, as a storyboarder, one of the little things that was like a little bit tricky was uh, there's a lot of characters. There's like pretty much eight main characters, and I had to fit them all in in a one minute introduction and make sure all of them had like the spotlight equally. Like, uh, I made sure that Jack was a little bit more important because he's kind of like a favorite character of people and the story kind of starts with him. But I wanted to make sure all those personalities were showing through and making sure that like every character was different and that you know what they're about when you see the introduction. So that was a little tricky, but it was fun. It was a fun tricky. <laughs> it wasn't bad. <laughs> a puzzle to solve. Yeah. A mystery. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, you can even say yourself, you know, with puzzles, once you get the complete product, it looks absolutely amazing. Um, for this next bit, I want to focus on Alex for this bit. Now, something I haven't mentioned beforehand, but something I do want to mention is for the show, you wanted to make sure that there was at least some form of a LGBT uh, representation with the show. How important was it for you to have that sort of representation in the show? It was top priority for me um, because we're seeing the shift right now. And I think it's so awesome that we are able to experience this firsthand of the shift in animation for more LGBT representation, specifically in children's animation, adult animation. Um, it's more normalized, but it's usually like a joke. It's not taken very seriously. Like I think there's some outliers like Bojack does asexual representation really well, in my opinion. Um, there's a couple of other examples I could list, but it's primarily in children's animation right now. We're seeing the shift of, for the longest time, there was like this, and I'm going to say this, this comes from Disney, from my perspective of like family friendly values. Like we can't, we can't show things that are quote unquote, you know, not appropriate where it's like, it's, how is this not appropriate? It's 
two dudes kissing or like why why is that an issue for you um but now we're seeing like with steven universe um i think it really sort of kicked it off um where it's like on screen displays of affection like queer displays of affection which is great and and i think now we're seeing like she-ra is doing it um or did it um the owl house which 100 percent recommend to anyone who wants a new show to watch it's an amazing show that's on disney right now and the fact that there's there's like open displays of affection and like open queerness in a disney show that's meant for kids I like I choked up when I saw it. Like I know, like it's it's just a long time coming because it's like, like I said, it feels like Disney was really like the driving force behind that in in children's animation, where it was like, you know, we can't show this because it's not family friendly. But now there's a Disney show meant for kids on Disney Channel with queer people in it. It's just it's great. Like I, it's awesome, and it, it's. Now even we're transitioning to not only are they queer but they're people of color, which is just it. it I, I feel like there's there's this there's two sides of an argument to this where it's like some people love it and think it's great and think we should do more of it. Where it's like the other sort of like trolley side of the internet is like, well, why are you forcing this on us? Like why 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 can't you just like why do you need to call it out? Why do you need to call out the fact that they're queer? And it's like well because this is important to people like someone is going to see this and it's going to resonate with them like especially in kids animation like if i had something like that growing up i would have realized that i was bisexual way before i did and i would have saved myself a lot of time and energy i would have had something to relate to and something that made me feel good about myself and feel seen and heard in a show um and if you switch over to the perspective of adult animation even adults are like suffering with this even adults feel, feel like they need more representation it's it's not just something that you need when you're developing as a kid like uh, even adults want to see themselves represented in animation um and i think with wildcard specifically having a quote-unquote main character who is a bisexual man which is something you never see in animation or even just like live action like there's very few bisexual male characters represented um is huge for me it's something that i want to show and i want to say that you know i'm not doing this for recognition i'm not doing this to be like haha look at me i'm following the trend i have gay characters in my show it's like no i'm a, a queer person who is creating characters that are representative of the real world there are queer people in the real world so ergo there are queer people in my show like why is this even a question um and I know that, like, I've already gotten crap for it. Like, I've already gotten people saying, like, you're, you're you know, your show's just starting out. You shouldn't be doing that right now. Like, you're going to alienate a lot of people. It's going to be bad for you. And it's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> if people aren't going to watch my show because there's queer people in it, like, I don't want you to watch my show then. Like, there you go. Fuck off. <laughs> like, I really don't care. Like, it's, it's not important to me that the show succeeds. It's important to me that at least one or two people see a queer character and they're like, I can relate to this and this is important to me. Um, and I, I don't feel like we're just checking boxes with the show. We're not just saying, okay, we got a gay character. We got a trans character. We got an asexual character. It's like any queer character on the show is there because that that's just the character. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's what makes sense for that character in the story. I'm not just throwing queer characters in here just because, I mean, 
I should say, I, I think I tweeted like a while ago that I was like, I said something like every time somebody tells me not to put queer characters in a wild card, I put in another queer character in wild card. <laughs> Maybe that's not 100% true, but um, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not doing it just to like have like a token character who fits like two checks a box. Like that's not the purpose of it at all. It's these characters were developed as characters and when their stories were written and when their personalities were written, this is what made sense for their character. Jack is bisexual because I am bisexual. Jack is based off of me and my experiences. Lucy is a lesbian because she, when I was developing her story, that's what made sense for the character. Like she fell in love with a woman and was engaged to a woman. Spoilers. Sorry. Um, (laughs) and that's what made sense and the fact that we have so many queer people who are working on the show like we have queer voice actors we have queer artists um it's that's really i think uh to quote what you had said to me recently that's in the dna of the show is that it's it's important like it's it's not trying we're not trying to convey a specific message it's just queer people exist if, if there's any message to be gained from that, it's just, we exist. We're, we're just, we're literally people and we exist and there's, there's a lot of us and we like to be represented in animation and it, that's not a bad thing. And it's not shoving it down anyone's throats. Like you are hundred percent free to not watch my show. If it offends you, that is fine with me. I don't care. <laughs> um, but if it offends you, maybe examine that within yourself and question why that is. But, um, no, I'm happy. I, I love I love the amount of queer representation we have on the show. I love that we have queer representation in our staff. Um, it's great, and I think um, the, my main goal with this is just it's just to normalize it. Like, there's no point in like I don't know. Like, I, I think there are very real examples of shows that that do just do it to check a box, and it's very hollow. And these characters aren't written by queer people. Their stories and scripts aren't written by queer people. So it, it's like straight people writing queer characters and it, it comes across as very disingenuous. Um, and that's not what this is. Um, and, and that's not to say we, we can't have a character who is written by a straight person and it, it'd be fine and, and normal. But I think it it makes the experience more authentic when it's uh, a queer person writing a queer character because, well, how can you write a, a character from a perspective that you don't have or haven't experienced. Um, it's very difficult to do that. Even with me, when I'm writing characters of color, I, mm-hmm. it's difficult cause I'm, I'm not a woman of color. So how can I write a character of color? So, you know, this is something we've discussed before, but I'm going to be bringing on um, more script consultants and editors to give me that additional perspective to make these characters more authentic. But when it comes to the queer representation specifically, it, it's important for me to know, like, yeah, bisexual men exist. Like Jack is as a as a bi guy. Like he's we're real. It's it's not a phase. Like it's not he's not just gay. Like he's he's bisexual. The the label in this context is important because bisexuality in particular is very discriminated against. People have gotten to a point where they're at least willing to tolerate being gay. Um, whereas bisexuality is it's just like a joke, even within the gay community you get discrimination. Like I have personally experienced discrimination from it. And it's, it's, this is something, this is an opportunity to say, Jack is all of these things. He's smug. He's an asshole. He's super smart. Like that's who he is as a character, 
that he's also bisexual. And that's not like, he's not going to have his big episode where it's like, he just constantly mentions that he's bisexual a million times. Cause that's not authentic and that's not real. That's not what real queer people do. But if he gets into a relationship with a man and kisses a man in my show, that's what happens because he's bisexual and that's fine. And it's, it's normal. And people, I don't think anyone should have an issue with that because it's, it's just, we're, we literally just exist. That's in summation, queer people exist and there's nothing wrong with having them represented in a show, especially when the particular type of queerness of a character is very underrepresented in animation um, and just in media as a whole. So basically to, to TLDR, your entire statement, you're not looking to try to create a headline with this representation. You're looking to create a story with this representation. Exactly. Right. This is not, I'm not making any sort of statement with this other than the fact that these are characters who are developed. Like that's not what I want people to focus on. Like I want, what I want is for queer people to see a dude kiss a dude or like a girl kiss a girl or anything else on my show. That's like a queer display of affection and just be like, Oh, cool. That's awesome. Like this is this is nice. Like I want I want it to make them happy and I want it to make them giddy. I don't want to like I don't want to create a headline like because it, that's not the point of it. Like it's it's not we're not trying to like do anything other than just normalize and make people realize it's okay to put queer characters in your show and in media. It's okay to have queer displays of affection. It's okay to treat it exactly as you would a straight person and I to that end, I mean, obviously queer people and straight people do just innately have different life experiences. Like they, they go through different things and that's definitely something we're going to explore on the show. But in the context of learning more about the character, it's not going to be like those cheesy, like a very special episode where like Jack learns that he's bisexual. It's like, no, he already knows he's bisexual. He's gone through all of that. He's just existing in the world as someone who's bisexual and he's doing what any straight person would do. He, if he dates someone who identifies as male, he's going to kiss that person probably or hold hands or whatever. And fangirls will go crazy about it. But like, that's, that's not the point. The point is just like to normalize it and to let people know it's okay. And to help someone, like if someone sees that and, and is really like depressed or bummed out because there's no queer representation and animation to make them feel good and to let them know like it's okay like you, you there are people like you who exist and we're not keeping this a secret anymore we're not going by disney rules where you you can't talk about this or like you have to hide it um it's just i think that there are two ends there's the one extreme end where it's people try too hard to force it and it's really inauthentic and it's really hollow and it's just, it doesn't hit the right notes. And the other end where it's like, they just ignore it completely. So with wildcard, I want to strike that middle balance where it's like, yeah, we, we definitely want people to know and feel heard and feel represented with the show, but it's not like Lucy's entire character. Isn't her being a lesbian. Lucy has complexity. She, she's a character with a personality and she, she has goals and, careers and aspirations like she's she's more than her sexuality um but while at the same time like yeah she was she was engaged to a woman like that that's just a thing like 
you don't bat an eye when that happens with straight people. Why do you need to bat an eye when it happens with queer people? It's it's all just about if there's any statement to be made and any headline to be made, my perfect headline would read queerness normalized in animation. That's all we're trying to do. I just, the one thing I will say, I find it funny that there's already like a little bit of a backlash with that because it's like, oh yeah, an alternate timeline in the 80s where like law is like completely different. That's perfectly believable. Queerness? No. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> It's like, who knew that people can like different genders and such? Like, what? Right. <laughs> That's crazy. That's just and unbelievable. Like, uh, I'll say I also, like, I, I've gotten the other side of it, too, where um, people have messaged me and they said, oh, like, I see you have queer characters on your show. Are you going to have, like, um, a gender-fluid character or, or, like, a bi-gender character or, like, um, you know, all these all these other different forms of queer identity? And... I, I take those messages very seriously, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I if it doesn't make sense in the show, I don't want to just put it in just to like say like, yep, I'm checking all these boxes. Like it, it needs to be organic and make sense with the show. I can't just like do what J.K. Rowling does and say, <laughs> yep, uh, this character was gay the whole time. Yep, totally makes sense. Not at all how this character was written, but yep, I get brownie points for trying. Right? Like no, like if I'm gonna develop. <laughs> I'm gonna develop a, like a um, a gender queer character, and it needs to make sense, and it needs to have been that way from the start. It can't just be like me pulling a character out of my ass just for no reason. There we go. I was gonna say, yeah, I don't know if J.K. Rowling is exactly the stalwart for you know equality and community with some of those things that she nope. said for other things. So. <laughs> yeah, I see completely where you're coming from, <laughs> but I mean. You know, speaking of like the the messages and such, like you know, I've I've been talking about like the show itself, but I mean, obviously, you guys wouldn't have this show if it wasn't for the support of all these like um, you know, this incredible fan base that you developed up. How how much do you appreciate kind of the fan base that you developed so far? Like how I'm trying to think of a way to word this. Like <laughs> like, what do you guys think of the fan base you guys have developed so far, and like how supportive they've been, and like how willing they are for whatever happens next. It's honestly incredible. Like, I'm so appreciative. I do my best to, you know, respond to every comment we get or message or, you know, email, anything like that, just because it's crazy to me that people care this much and people are really invested. Um, like, I, I want to engage with my fans as much as possible just because, like, I, I am so appreciative. There would be no show without fans and people to support it and bring attention to it. Um, so that's why, like I said, like, I take those requests um, about the show really seriously because you know if, if me having a particular type of character is gonna be really helpful for a fan i, I want to take that seriously i want to you know consider those requests because i we do love the fans like they're they're so incredible the fact that we have so many when we don't even have an episode like we barely have anything outside of concept art like there's there's no actual animation aside from a single minute long trailer um is incredible so i i really appreciate them and i appreciate all their support with the kickstarter i appreciate their support buying merchandise like who buys merchandise for a character like you don't even know yet like that's incredible <laughs> that's insane to me and i'm not complaining about it i'm 100 percent thrilled and i think it's great and i i think that's why i'm so excited about the future because it's like if they're excited now like wait until they see what's actually coming like wait until they see the intro wait until they see these characters talking and moving around and 
doing all this other crazy shit. Like I'm so excited and I, I do hope it takes off and I hope, you know, we have a sustainable fan base because that's what, what will ultimately lead to more episodes is that if we have a stable fan base, um, that's another source of revenue. You know, we can do ad revenue on YouTube. We can sell more merch. That's what will lead to more development of the show. So I'm really appreciative and I'm blown away by the level of support we've gotten so far. I was going to say, when it comes to that, you know, love for a, a character that hasn't even shown anything yet, as a member of the uh, the Mayhem, the Mayhem sort of fandom, the, the fandom has already been, like, insane over a character called Lady Diva, who has not even said a single word yet, and people are <laughs> going crazy for her, so I completely understand just how insane it must be for your guys' end. Uh, for the animation side as well, how much have you guys appreciated sort of the fan base surrounding this project? It's been incredible, to say the least. Uh, I know we signed on to the project as just um, animators, so we just kind of came in like, oh, yeah, we'll make this intro for you and we'll do that. But the amount of positive feedback we've gotten from some of the work in progresses, um, DMs and messages from voice actors and fans and everyone alike just telling us how good of a job we're doing, how much they like what we're doing, and uh, even... Like, I've noticed some comments of people even saying, like, oh, so I think this character saying this and that, and to be like, yeah, we nailed that. That's exactly what we wanted you to, like, react to. It's it's really cool. Like, to put your artwork out there, even if it's um, working collaboration with someone else's story, to be able to share that and for people to, like, you know, validate your work. Uh, it's like, you know, the next step. It's what every artist or animator, you know, wants to do, and they want to be able to see that. So... A uh, big thank you to any fans, voice actors, people, our friends listening for um, every encouragement. Yeah, the support because our animation is tough and art is tough and exposing yourself and your work to people and not knowing what they're going to say or do or maybe they'll critique you. It's always a scary thing. So it really makes us feel good and makes us feel like, yeah, we're in the right place. Uh, so we really appreciate it. Definitely. Uh, I think as a character designer, I was uh, very sweet to see a lot of fan art of some of the characters that I got to design, <laughs> specifically like Jim and uh, Nolan's daughter, Dee Dee. That always warmed my heart every time I got to see it. It's really cool to see that the fan base is also very like art uh, oriented. Yeah. It's, it's cool to see all that fan art. It's cool to see people acting with each other and coming up with like their own headcanons <laughs> and uh, theories of like how the characters interact with each other. It's just, it's been very nice and like wholesome in a way. Yeah, I think a little, what Christina is saying, a lot of the fans are artists, yeah. including how we came in. So it's a really unique, I mean, I think most fandoms are artists in ways, but yeah. it's really cool to see other artists collab and respond to your work. I think it's, in addition, even more validation to uh, see other artists compliment and uh, look at your work and be like proud of it or fans of it. So it's been really awesome. Oh, absolutely. And I think I speak when, and, you know, for you guys, when I say I'm sure that the the fans appreciate, like, the, what you guys are producing and we cannot wait to see more whenever that may be. Speaking of, like, hoping to see more, uh, Alex, I know you said you already had, like, a season in your mind. What is, like, the ultimate end goal with this series for you? Yeah, so, I, I mean, I have everything um for season one planned out right now um and i have a kind of rough idea of how the rest of the series is going to progress um but i mean the end goal is really to get the support of a studio um or uh, not a studio per se but a, a network or, or some sort of um 
financial backing that can keep the show going because as we learned with you know other indie adult animated series um you, it takes so long um with a, a freelancer indie team to produce a single episode that you're likely only going to see like one maybe two every year which is not the same as a, a show that is produced by a network you'll you'll see like probably 10 episodes nowadays 10 to 13 episodes uh, a season so you have a lot more to work with mm-hmm. um so i think i mean i i've considered like even pitching just based on the the intro sequence alone in the meantime it's like i might as well do some of that groundwork now like maybe they'll be so impressed by it that they'll sign on to do a couple episodes um but that that is the end goal is to get picked up by a streaming service um or get some sort of sponsorship or or, or something from uh an organization that's much more powerful than i am it has much more money than i do um to help me bring this to life i think there, there's a plan for me in in the uh in the scenario that we we don't get that or it takes uh you know a while to get that i i have a lot of plans of, of ways to tell the stories i'm never just going to leave it hanging um especially because it ends in a cliffhanger so we got we got to resolve that um at some point um but yeah I, I have a plan for the series if we don't get picked up by a network we'll we'll probably have to switch the format of it because i don't know how much longer i can pay for um i don't know i don't think i could do another kickstarter maybe one more i maybe can squeeze out one more but um i it's it wouldn't be realistic for me to produce episodes out of my own pocket at this point but um yeah i, I have other ideas in mind and i'm excited i have lots of plans i have all these plot twists and mysteries swirling around in my head so there's there's a lot to work with for sure and again, I, I'm sure the fan base certainly cannot wait to see what's next. But uh, I also want to say for the uh, for Astro Bun, what are you hoping to see not only with the series but for you guys' studio as a whole? We're hoping that um, with this uh, project that we'll be able to continue creating uh, other projects that we've had in mind or work with other studios or other people. But uh, in terms of like the pilot and things like that, uh, this is something that, you know, this is our first major project, as you've mentioned. So mm-hmm. we're definitely putting our foot in the water, kind of testing out, like, how is this going to go? You know, um, we're definitely like the new animators on the scene and mm-hmm. uh, we want to make sure we do things right. So we're hoping that this is the door that kind of opens other opportunities, you know, that we can put this on the portfolio and say, we worked on wildcard and wildcard was a huge success. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it gets picked up from streamline studios, you know, that'd be awesome. And if not, we would love to continue working on it. Uh, you know, and see how far it goes. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. Uh, I have to agree with that. Like you said, we're testing things out. We are seeing how we feel about it, how we work as a studio. Because as I've mentioned, we've worked before with other teams, and we've worked, uh, Cherry and I, as like a duo, (laughs) a dynamic duo. But we, producing and directing is a little different. It's a little difficult or at least very different than what we used to do so we're trying to see where this goes but we have high hopes and we're excited we're just happy to be on the team (laughs) yeah and alex is an amazing person to work with for sure like uh his vision and his understanding and he says he's not an artist but i this is why we tell him (laughs) like the thing you're, you're what you're doing is artistry you know what i mean even if you can't draw it or put it you know what i mean into like a physical drawing or anything you're explaining it with your words and through your passion and that's enough for us artists to kind of take that and make something out of it and um 
it's like a dream client to work with someone who really is like, I don't a hundred percent understand animation, but my vision is this. And we're like, okay, let's, let's work together and let's make that vision come to life. And that's been the partnership we had with the intro so far and uh, hopefully to bring in through the pilot. Yeah. And they've been very encouraging of me throughout this process. Like we, we have, um, you know, we're, we talk pretty much every day through discord, but we have um, like, voice chat meetings every couple of weeks or so. And just the level of support that they've given me has been really incredible. Um, like I, the other day, like I, I had like a mini breakdown where I was just like, I was so tired. Like I, I all the stress was like really getting to me and they were just like, just like take a nap. <laughs> You'll be fine. It's just having that level of support with someone and working with two people who I, I at this point consider friends um, is really Great. And it's, it's, it's a really nice dynamic to have where you can like, you can have serious time where it's like, okay, I, I'm the client, this, they're the studio, this is, we're discussing projects right now, but then on off time, like send each other memes, like send each other pictures of like, we were like, I don't know how this started, but we were sending each other pictures of like disfigured Pokemon plushes for some reason. I have no idea oh, yeah, why. We're in the middle of designing the ace plushie and you're like let me let me send you some ideas and then we went down the rabbit hole of like this cursed pokemon this buzzwole what happened <laughs> sorry please tell me someone set that image of like the overstuffed like lumpy pikachu plushie that's oh, out like there it. i love that one. <laughs> oh, that one's a friend oh. a friend we have to support that lumpy pikachu hey he's yeah. not cursed <laughs> I'd say it was cursed. I'm just saying it's still a great image, <laughs> nevertheless. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Slightly cursed. A little. <laughs> I, that's uh, yeah. true. That's another controversial take. Um, fat Pikachu is better than skinny Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> Come at my DMs. I will. I will die on that hill. <laughs> no, I said no. Here's a controversial take. The the Minikyu Pikachu is actually a better Pikachu than the real the original Pikachu. Oh, I yeah. mean, I, kind of I, I like Minikyu. Okay. Okay. I love <laughs> It's a Mimikyu safe zone. There you go. Mimikyu safe zone. Um, <laughs> one, last question I have for you guys. Um, I, obviously, you know, as you guys have both encouraged Alex and as Alex said before, you guys are all, like, invested, basically, in art at this point. How important for all three of you is art, not just for yourselves, but for the world as a whole? I'll let you guys go first on that one. <laughs> Want me to go first? Uh, all I have in my mind is like this really hippy dippy, like kind of phrase, like art is my life, man. <laughs> <laughs> it can be as simple as that. I mean, I I don't think I would have anything to do if I didn't have it. You know what I mean? Like I've had moments where I get like wrist pain and I'm like, oh no, my life is over because <laughs> I won't be able to draw anymore. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's it's very integral to my identity personally. Mm -hmm. what would you say <laughs> for me i mean it's a now we're asking existential questions but i think art is literally everything and anything that you yeah. see and look at your room up to like billboards to um the furniture. pillows furniture things are all done by artists artists are visionaries they're people with thoughts even i think inventors we can consider artists so for me being able to do something that is creative and able to exercise my visions and be able you know what i mean to bring those mm -hmm. to life that is super important and it's it's literally how christina says art's my life man like <laughs> there's no way i could have done pre-med no way yeah, two years no. of that and i was like mom dad like i i'm gone 
I'm about to draw. I'll draw on the streets. That's what they thought I was going to do. I was going to be a street <laughs> artist. Like, I'll, I mean, I'll do that way over like flim botany, you know, like yeah. I'm good. <laughs> so that's how I feel for me. Like it's everything and anything. And I want to be a part of that in any way, shape or form because my life and most people's lives are formed around what they see, you know, Definitely. especially with things like animation and cartoons, you know what I mean? Which mm -hmm. is why, um, representation in all aspects is so important because that is what you're not know what I mean through your developing stages are going to be looking at so I've always thought if I was going to change the world I could do it through health I could do it through engineering or I could do it through the creative world you know visuals yeah. and I want to be a part of that I was way more beautiful than what I <laughs> no, art's, art's my life man <laughs> and what about you Alex I think for me it's it really comes down to art is important because it evokes some sort of response from you and it, it either like an emotion or like a thought or like even even like um jerry was saying with like uh, like designing uh clothing or um like blankets or pillows like if you you, you could sometimes look at them and be like oh that looks pretty like you're still like you're having a thought like you're having a feeling um and i think like obviously like some forms of emotion are, are different depending on, on the context of what it is but for me especially with this show like i just want to make a show that um makes people feel something or like makes them think about something like i want them to see and experience a character and know that like they can relate to that and say that this is real like this i'm feeling real emotion from watching these characters interact or like experiencing the story i think especially from a writer's perspective, art is so important because you can tell such a true and realistic and real story with art. Um, like you, you can just look at something and feel a certain way or see the message that the artist was trying to con convey. And I think the beauty of that is it can be interpreted by anyone in a, a number of different ways. Someone could take a look at a scene I've written and take it one way whereas someone else could interpret it entirely differently and the same is true of traditional forms of art if you're looking at a painting you can kind of fill in the holes of like okay i think the artist was trying to say this with this painting or sometimes it's just the painter wanted to draw a cow and so he drew a cow and that was, that's just it and that's fine too like you're still having some sort of response to it you're still taking it in and um enjoying it or, or maybe not enjoying it that's still an emotion that's still a feeling um so i think art to me and what i want to produce with my art is just evoking feelings emotions and thoughts from people and i think that's really important well there we go um i do want to say real quickly uh for whoever was saying the uh you know art is my life thing that just takes me back to the uh episode one of the podcast uh i literally ended it by saying the the earth without art is just eh. um <laughs> <laughs> that's so, so true it is true um but with that, uh, I'm out of questions. Uh, I just want to say thank you three for taking time out of your days to sit down and chat for a little bit. Um, I, I've showered praises already, but like the show, like what with what little we have seen, like it already is shaping up to be something that's truly amazing and truly unforgettable. Like from something as simple as you know, 
little teasers you guys have been pulling, including the fact that Alex, you literally started a TikTok just to hop in on an Animaniacs meme. <laughs> <laughs> right, you call me out on that. <laughs> but like, you know, something as simple as that to like seeing just like how much more is being developed, like with the sketches and with you know these incredible like designs and you know the the details that everyone's been getting, like it's incredible to see how far you guys have come so far. And I know I'm one of, you know, thousands at this point that's rooting for you guys and is hoping to, to see this thing go all the way through and then some. So thank you guys so much for what you guys are doing. I cannot thank you enough. Thank you for having us. This was awesome. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And uh, it's been a really fun journey. So we hope to, you know, fill that uh, excitement continued. I always wanted to be on a podcast. <laughs> wait is this your first podcast oh yeah, well, both yeah ours. finally <laughs> it's been I, awesome i was I, so nervous and i'm like oh no, this is great i i've always wanted that kind of like this is my first podcast experience i'm like yes i fulfilled it hopefully it's been good <laughs> oh, this is great and it's like now a checkbox yeah. of like you know yeah. the bucket list like yes. oh, we're on a podcast and it's an art podcast yes it's been incredible i mean it's one of those like you know i was i was a I was forever grateful because I had to ask Alex and he was like, let me get these guys that are on the animation team. I'm like, Oh, that'd be awesome. I'd love to get more than just, you know, Hey, this was an idea. Like I wanted to get more like the behind the scenes stuff, which you guys provided plenty of. And I appreciate like, you know, hearing your guys' perspective on this kind of stuff. Cause I know like the creators can say a million different things, but like, you know, the creators can say something and then go off to something else. Nothing against you, Alex. You've definitely been very hands-on with this thing. But, like, to, to see, like, the, 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 the people that are in the trenches and work on this stuff, that's the perspective I wanted to give with this podcast. So I really do appreciate you guys taking time out of your days to sit down and chat about your guys' experience as well. So, Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Uh, but with that, uh, well, I'll just go ahead and go to this part. Go ahead and plug you guys' stuff for the people at home. Ooh, Alex, you go first. I, I don't know if I have anything to plug other than just the show. Um. Well, I mean, like the Twitter and the Instagram and all this stuff. Like, I'm going to have those linked in the description, but go ahead. Oh, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Wildcard the Show. And then uh, on YouTube, you can subscribe to us at youtube.com slash Wildcard the Show. There you go. Yeah. Uh, me, you can follow me at Pig Demon Art uh, pretty much anywhere Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I also have a comic, <laughs> a webcomic web called Los Brujos. It's about spooky things and horror and brothers doing things. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> you can find it on Tapas and Webtoons. Yes. Uh, for me, you can find me at Bunny Angel Art on Instagram and on um, Twitter, as well as you can find our studio at Astro Bun Studio, both on Instagram and Twitter. We hope to be posting a lot more work in progresses, and hopefully if uh, push comes to self, we might be looking for more animators and people on the team get this thing going. So uh, we'd appreciate the follow. All right, then. Uh, do you guys have any final words before we sign off? Art is life, oh. man. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, if that's what you guys want to end off with, uh, all right, then. <laughs> Alex, you can end it better than that. Um, well, no, I just want to reiterate, like, I want to thank everyone who's listening right now and all the fans uh, who have supported the project so far. Um, just, It's just incredible. Like, this is more than I ever could have 
wished for in my entire life with this um, project. And I am so appreciative. I'm so appreciative um, for this experience to come on and, and talk about everything. Um, so thank you all so much. I'm really excited to show you. We have some really exciting things happening soon. Um, so looking forward to the future. All right, then. Uh, but with that, all I have left to say is, hasta luego, Mimi Ghost. Don't mean to pride, give me a call.